Hello. How you doing? It's Tuesday, July 13th. A very happy cow appreciation day to you, Kelly Collis. Cow, like moo? Yeah, have you heard? It's cow appreciation day. Oh, good. Well, let's have a burger to celebrate. <laughs> that would be utterly awesome. <laughs> Cows have udders. I get it. Hey, I'm Tommy McFly. I'm Kelly Collis. We love D.C. Kelly's a hug-hating, lifelong Washingtonian who loves her Washington Nationals. She's a mom, a wife, always honest, funny, and sometimes a little bitter. Oh, is it my turn, Tommy? <laughs> As I was saying. <laughs> Everybody loves Tommy. He's from Scranton, Pennsylvania. He's got two dogs and a husband. You'll see them all over his Instagram. And if you just ask him about the time he spent Easter at the White House. Because I was the first person in American history to host the White House Easter egg roll. Thanks, Obama. I'll be in the Smithsonian someday. Don't hold your breath, Tommy. But seriously, we're so glad that you're here because you probably love Washington. Like, we love Washington. Matter of fact, we even had a radio show about how much we love Washington for quite some time. We bring people together, created awesome community moments around D.C., and have been invited to and asked to leave some of the most interesting spots in the nation's capital. We're so glad that you're listening to our podcast. We hope you enjoy some really fun headlines from D.C. and beyond. Whew. That was a lot. Well, let's get started. Oh my goodness, we got a free Britney rally coming to town. We got some Juan Soto news. We got some football team news. We got a cruise through Georgetown. So many things to discuss. And 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 tickets to the Washington Monument. How are we gonna get it all in, Kelly? I think I think we're up for the task. So let's start with the boat in Georgetown. We've been waiting for this boat to arrive. Mm -hmm. It is the canal that's been under construction and the boat that goes through that canal used to be like a thing to do in Georgetown. It was run by the National Park Service. It's been gone for a couple of years. Well, it's back. Yeah. The boat was seen um, on Sunday. People were posting on social media like the boat was being put together because it came in a couple pieces. It was made up in Baltimore uh, and it was put on the canal on Sunday in Georgetown. And the word is in early 2022, you'll be able to start doing the rides on there. They're just working through some of the logistics, some of the construction still going through. And we have confirmation that the mules that fuel the uh, uh, boat will be returning. Wow. So they'll be going up and down the canal. However, comma, or semicolon, I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> the, when the mules are not available, this boat does have a motor on it, and it will uh, be able to use the motor, which the old one did not. That's so. really good, because you can't rely fully on mule power, because then you'll work <laughs> your ass off, and you won't have anything left to use. So. <laughs> You got the mule Very there. funny. Very That's funny. really cool. That It's like a modern-y, old-timey take on it. Totally. I, I'm so excited for that to return uh, and, and check out the boat. I haven't been down there yet to go see it, but that's cool that there's water there because if you've been down in Georgetown, you know there's been so much construction down there mm -hmm. on Thomas Jefferson and 31st Street, and it, the canal's been all dried up, and it's not really pretty. Yeah, so kind so of stinks that, too. So yeah. I'm, I'm glad the water's going to be getting back in there pretty soon. Yeah, very cool. Very cool. I love that. I didn't realize the whole, the whole time that like the path alongside the canal that people run and we, you know, we've done 5Ks on that. That was the, the mule path. Yes. Yep. And you know what mules like, like all animals do. Yep. Yeah. So you, you have to be a little bit more careful when you go for your runs there. The circle of life, truly. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, speaking of the circle of life, the Free Britney movement, man. It is taken off, and now there is going to be a Free Britney rally, you guessed it, 
at the base of the Lincoln Memorial. Although maybe you didn't <laughs> guess it because that's a really weird place of a free Britney rally. Yeah, I mean, the Washingtonians reporting it, uh, that it's going to happen tomorrow, Wednesday, uh, July 14th. And um, but they don't have any part. Uh, the, the National Park Service says that they don't have any permits as of yesterday. Mm. Um, so I think it's going to be a very small group. But the, actually, their 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 cause is really interesting because it does intersect with D.C. They want Congress to take a look at the conservative conservatorship cannot say that word and uh it's role not just with britney but like how it's used in other cases as well oh so like it actually has a potentially like legit policy thing that could be tied into it yes i mean that's what the organizers are saying tommy i'm wondering if you're gonna go and get your uh you know poster signs together and and go down there okay so here's the thing about the free britney rally at the lincoln memorial the um the Park Service told Washingtonian that 25 people is like the cap before you have to get a permit. And they're like, we don't see it going above that. However, I have had three different friends reach out to me from different parts of my life asking me if I'm going to it. And last night I was at a dinner, a birthday dinner, and people were all talking about it. So I think they're going to see more than 25 people show up at two o'clock on Wednesday for the Free Britney rally. And then what happens? I, yeah, I don't know what, what the rules are because you can't necessarily stop people from a peaceful protest but if you know that you're organized you, if you know it's going to be more you're supposed to get a permit i think yeah. there's a there's a fine line in there somewhere but just you know as long as you're not hurting anybody it is your right to do tommy listen i've got to be um on roosevelt island at four o'clock tomorrow for a like walking meeting i think i'm going to swing by the britney rally and see what, <laughs> like how do you not right like if you can go easily to see what's happening there i don't know how you don't swing by the free britney rally that for sure. Just, I mean, sure, it's going to be a really hot day. Just bring a lot of water. Yes. Free Britney with purchase of equal or greater Britney. <laughs> but, you know, there's some members of Congress that are chiming in about this. So it's it's like a, it's, it's becoming a thing. It's I. Yes. <laughs> I never thought I've, it would get to this point, but it has. I've seen a little bit of that. And you know what? It, the ones that I've seen supportive of Free Britney, it tracks that they're Britney fans. Just, it, makes, <laughs> it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Oh, really? Some of them that I've seen, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but that's okay. Or a man with all that hair gel, it totally makes sense. <laughs> uh, happening are Washington Nationals making headlines once again in mm -hmm. Colorado. So cool. Last night, the home run derby was so much fun to watch. I, I, I just... Mm. It was just great. And, of course, Juan Soto made it to the semifinals. He lost out to Pete Alonzo, the Mets player, who ended up winning the home run derby. And, matter of fact, I know you win it last night. You won it the year before. So ah. Soto did a really great job of just kind of, like, hanging in there. But um, in other local headlines, Pete Alonzo, who ended up winning, beat out Trey Mancini, who, of course, is plays for the Orioles and is a cancer survivor, um, he was in chemotherapy last a year ago, and this guy is now in the finals of the home run derby. It was really just exciting to watch, and and it came down to you know just a few seconds of of uh, of what the bat was going to do. It was just it was great to watch. And you always say this too, like that's one of the coolest things about sports, like those stories of like, I mean Trey Mancini. My goodness, I know, I know. I know. It's good stuff. Uh, also, though, uh, Juan Soto did break a home run derby record with 520-foot home run at Coors Field last night. I mean, 
It's just good stuff. It, it was so much fun to watch. I think it, it kind of tops out uh, the All-Star game, which, of course, is tonight. And Max Scherzer is going to be uh, pitching. And Trey Turner we'll see out there. And Soto. And it was great to see Kyle Schwarber on the sidelines. Although he's injured, he's an All-Star player as well. So it's good stuff. If you yeah. love baseball, and especially since the Nats been like, stinking lately, it was great to see good baseball. I think we should have a little bit of love for the pitchers of the Home Run Derby, though, because those guys get no credit. No credit whatsoever. And they've got to, like, lob the perfect, like, like cream puff ball that they can crush out of there. And that, I think, takes its own little skill set. Right. And not, like, worry about the clock and then just, like, keep on doing it. Keep yeah. on doing it. Keep on doing it. Well, if you remember Bryce Harper, when he won in 2018 here in D.C., that was such a fun moment. Mm-hmm. His father was the one that was pitching. That's right. That's right. And, like, you look at that, like, their father or even, like, a, even if it's, like, a pitching coach – they're not used to being on the mound in front of a million viewers at home and like a screaming stadium and like all the lights and cameras. So that's like way to go to the pitchers of the home. Who is Alonzo's pitcher? Let's hear it for Alonzo's pitcher. Everybody. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know if I think it might've been the pitching coach yeah. from, from the Mets, but you've got to just be like consistently vanilla for three right. minutes. <laughs> right. for, for sure. Cause if you're down by like one, like what if you're in the pitcher and you're like, had I thrown one more pitch? Or had I like been a little bit faster on my release? Well, that's that's the whole thing about sports. That a lot of a lot of times you have to rely on a team. It's not just one person. That's right. There's no I in team. God <laughs> darn it. And other Nats news, it is the draft that is going on, and uh, the Nats have been sending out a press release with all the, these young players that they're drafting, some from high school, some from college. And, like, yesterday I got the press release, and I was kind of, like, half reading it. I get to the bottom. Their last pick yesterday was a young man named Darren Baker out of oh. University of California. He is Dusty Baker, the former Nats manager's son. Huh. So isn't, that, that, isn't that wild? Yeah, it was like, but it was literally the last sentence of this very long press release about all these other players and their stats and, and players that we don't know yeah. yet. I mean, at least I don't as a casual fan, but... I. Casual, casual fan, casual fan, casual of, fan of baseball of Nats. I'm a insanely involved. If I called you a casual fan, you'd have choice words and four letter words for me. <laughs> I meant casual, casual fan. fan of baseball. Rapid fan, rapid fan of Nats. Is um yes. is Dusty Baker's son like young and that he's just like oh also in the mix is this guy who's going to be on the farm team or is that kind of what they're looking at or is he like a national? No, no, these are all no, no, no. These guys. It is. You will probably not see these guys next season. Got it. Got it. They they okay. got to go through the process. But yeah, they're in the system. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Very exciting. Speaking of working things through the system, um, over forty thousand name suggestions came for a new name for the Washington Football Team, and the team president uh, Jason Wright said that there will be a new name announcement, and that they're not the feedback from the community they've gotten. It won't have anything to do with like the past imagery or notes of like native americans um but they haven't said what it's going to be but it does look like warriors is out which had been one of the big ones that people were thinking it would be yeah well i I appreciate out of the thousands of names they're like doing the slow drip with us like we're not doing this one (laughs) okay great (laughs) you want to narrow that down a little bit (laughs) i still have i've got you know big hopes for red pandas i think it's still a possibility (laughs) don't think it's gonna be the red pandas at this point though like it's kind of i don't know if it's like because it's grown on me or i don't truly care that much or what but like the washington football team kind of great when you think about it no 
doesn't do it for me at all. Really? It says what it is, which is like the first rule of branding. If you're not going to reinvent like a name like Google, what is, what's going on over there? Oh, the Washington football team's playing. What do they play? Football. Yeah. No, no, doesn't do it for me. But we'll see what they come up with. What would you like to see? Do you have one? I, I like Red Tails. There's yeah. all sorts of like throwbacks to, to, um, to uh, the black culture, there's um, it, it's sort of a playoff of Redskins. Like mm-hmm. it's just, I, I I like it, and it's you know, I I think that would be a really good fit. Hmm. The Washington football team says what it is. It is what it says. Well, TikTok, because um, we're like getting what I what are we a month out before um preseason? You know, it's so funny how like things. Things change, like what words mean. I was like, TikTok, that's a stupid name, Kelly. You want to call them the influencers? <laughs> no, tell me. Clocks don't tick anymore. They don't tick anymore. I'm sorry. It just <laughs> ran over my head. Maybe it's a generational thing. <laughs> oh, I like this, Gary. Gary on Facebook says, how about the Washington Honey Badgers? I like that. <laughs> that's very funny. Honey Badger don't care. And they're, they're very fierce animals. Yep. I've actually still got our Honey Badger Warhol from our office. It's back behind my couch. Perfect. Yeah, I got I should bring that out at some point. Hang it back up. Thanks, Gary. Appreciate you getting involved. We should maybe start, like, I can't believe the sports betting sites haven't, like, started a pool or anything like that. For I think it. there is one. Is there? Yeah, I think there is one. But then how do you stop, like, someone from, I don't know, someone from, like, the, Reds, the Washington Football Team organization who's, like, a third-tier person who maybe saw a thing on a notepad from betting, I guess. Okay, you okay, Pete Rose. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like that with anything. I guess that's true. <laughs> I guess that's true. Um, but hey, if you didn't get the TikTok reference, you're definitely not getting the Pete Rose reference. <laughs> the Washington Monument is back open. Kel, are you excited? I yeah, I'm excited. So you haven't been up there in a in a, in a while. Like many Washingtonians, haven't been up there in a while. I think right? I was up there in 2015. So it's been, okay. I mean, re- relatively recent. Yeah. Post-earthquake. Yes. Post-scaffolding. Yes. But for the last six months, it's been closed, figuring out COVID restrictions. Before that, it was closed because of structural stuff. And now, um, if you're listening on Tuesday, uh, Tuesday, July 13th at 10 a.m., that's when tickets open up at recreation.gov. They're going to do tickets every day for the next day at 10 a.m. The monument's open seven days a week. 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. And yesterday with NBC4, I got to go up to the top of the Washington Monument. And this was insane. So I'm up there with Mike, who is the uh, comms person for the National Park Service. We were working on another project, and we were talking about the Washington Monument. And we got some information about it. Um, You know, you got to wear masks inside. You get your tickets. But what was really cool, and I hadn't been up there in forever either, if you look up and around... There ain't nothing holding it together but stones. <laughs> and you don't really realize it until you're like, wow, this is pretty wild. You know, some things haven't changed. It is still the best view of the nation's capital. Seriously, down. you're like, there's the capital, there's Virginia, and it just keeps happening. It's just every window is an iconic American location or building. When you come in, you should just look up and just look at how the Washington Monument was built. And I've been here before as a tourist. I never really paid attention to it. 555 feet, five and one-eighths inches tall. It is still the world's tallest freestanding masonry structure. That means there isn't a single piece of metal or iron that's holding this up. 
And when you look out the window and then look down and then realize that it's all being held with just stone, it makes it that much more of a special experience. You may not want to think about that until you're <laughs> safely back outside. How yeah. much can I nerd out with you about this right now? Just, just like... Yeah, me... you seem a little overly excited. Like, I saw your social media post, and I'm like, it's the Washington Monument. It's, I mean, it's it's awesome. It's amazing. It's an amazing structure. I'm all in. Yeah. But it's been open for decades. D yes, that is true. <laughs> um, but I feel, though, now, like, the same kind of... We didn't know what we had till it was gone kind of situation. Like, okay. I feel that way about all the museums. Like, when Lafayette Park was... I haven't been to Lafayette Park in six years besides like whizzing through it or like gone to it but i was like lafayette park's closed i just want to go to lafayette park what the hell i just want to go there and so i think the same thing like the monument being closed now it's being reopened like i wasn't allowed to go there i want to go to there now <laughs> and so that's i think why i'm so excited about it plus i got to go up in it which was amazing but it's like it's so fascinating to learn and going and going up there with someone from park service whose job it is to know all the things. I learned so many fascinating things. And when you look at the structure, literally the rocks are just sitting on top of each other. There's been a couple of supports put in from the, since the earthquake, because could have been a real bad situation for the earthquake, <laughs> but I guess also like I didn't know and I hadn't seen it for myself that that's how it was situated. And so when the earthquake happened and it's been closed for a while because of structural stuff you're like what the hell guys like just why is this taking so long what's the what's the issue right but when you think about it it was built by stones sitting on each other with a little bit of mortar to just hold them in place eh, yeah a lot of shaking would would be a real reason we should be structurally concerned about it so like that kind of stuff is just so it's so fascinating to me I I love it. I think it's cool. Remember when it was used as a production screen too a couple of years ago? Yeah, for the for the for the launch, absolutely. For the anniversary, yeah. Yeah. So it is it's an amazing structure. Mm -hmm. What was neat too, so I got to walk down it with him. Get your steps in. Which has not been people you just you can't do that, but we're again I'll tell you about that project coming up around the Olympics. But what was cool were the where the stones change. Um the color was when the Washington society tried to raise the money and build it in the civil war and they stopped and yada, yada, yada. But the army Corps of engineers came in in the late 1800s to finish it. And you can see very clearly where it stops being like <laughs> the amateur hour of like the stones being different sizes and being like different, like stuff. And then it like slopes out and the walls get like thinner and it just becomes this like beautifully like uniform thing that like the army corps of engineers built but um mike from park service is telling me that it's great that that happened because had when the when the army corps of engineers got into the washington monument and they looked around they did all the stuff and they did all their measurements and their calculations even back in the 1800s they were like holy bananas had they continued to build the monument the way they were building it it would have crumbled under its own weight because they didn't like think about putting marble on marble on marble on marble on marble on marble on marble for 555 feet and what that would do weight wise. And so, yeah, like it was wild that it had to stop for decades, but it was actually for the best because now it's still standing because it would have crumbled on top of itself. Like Tetris. The more, you know, look yes. at that. <laughs> I could literally talk about the monument. Cause you know, like I hear stuff, right? And, and you I know, I, hey, Tommy, hey, I, I don't think you gave me equal time when I was talking about the gnats, and I was trying to get through it very quickly. And so oh. I'm gonna, I'm gonna call time out. You can, you can again talk about it tomorrow. Bring a new story tomorrow. <laughs> okay, I can do that. That's fair. I didn't realize we were on the clock. I'm sorry. You're right. <laughs> and 
I would. I mean, never. every day I bring in a Nat story. So I That's feel like true. if you're that passionate about it, find a new nugget and we'll give you equal time and you can talk about the Washington Monument. Oh, I will give you my Monument Minute. <laughs> this is now challenge accepted because I'm I spent sure. like an hour with the guy from Park Service. And, you know, I have a photographic memory for th- for stories I've heard. So game on. <laughs> <laughs> I will tell you about each stone daily. <laughs> um, I do find it interesting that today we talked about three different stories with the National Park Service, just to give you like the breadth of stuff that they're dealing with. One, they had to respond to the Washingtonian about a free Britney. <laughs> 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 Two, they're worrying about this boat and mules. And then three, this one of these guys had to spend an hour with you. <laughs> true service to their country. I mean, and that's just the stuff we know about. Right, right. There's probably things they were squashing that we didn't even know about. <laughs> so we look forward to your Washington Monument Minute tomorrow, Tommy. I, You know what? Challenge accepted. That sounds great. <laughs> I've also got photos and other video shots, so get get ready. But you don't even know what you've released up on the world. I mean, I know you well enough to know that there is this big thing that's out there, and I'm, I'm going to be regretting that I gave you this <laughs> opportunity. Um, before we wrap up today, I want to just give you a heads up that within the next couple of weeks, it will be raining nymphs in our area, and you should just be aware of that. Yeah, when you first gave me that headline, you want to clarify what that means? Yes, it's raining nymphs. Hallelujah, it's raining nymphs. Um, not where you would think either. In the suburbs. There's nymphs raining in the suburbs. <laughs> Talking, of course, about the little baby cicadas. Um, those, they're, they're called little nymphs, but they have laid, the brood X has laid B billions of tiny eggs. Every female was able to probably lay around 500 eggs. Oh, my gosh. They are fertile. Yeah. Yeah. And so now you may be seeing, like they say, especially like in Rock Creek Park or out in the suburbs, you'd be seeing like almost looks like dead leaves on the trees. Those are, um, it's called flagging. And that is the cicada eggs, basically. On the leaves, they also get, like, into branches. And they do really well when they've, like, the cicadas have, like, carved, like, a slit into the branch and, like, laid their eggs in there. Um, but over the next couple of weeks, the nymphs, once they hatch, the little baby cicadas will be falling from the trees and raining from the skies and going into the ground for the next 17 years. Oh, my gosh. I, I parked my car under a tree where they were a lot of a lot of action was going in that tree because one, I would have them all over my car, but two, the urine that was like all sticky mm-hmm. would be all over my car. So I wonder if I'm going to be, uh, my car's going to be all filled with nymphs. It could be. Okay. <laughs> it's kind of cool. I miss the cicadas. I know you do. I had that sound because we had so many in our neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not in the suburbs, but I guess according to you, Tommy, you're right downtown D.C. I guess where I live in northwest D.C. would be considered a suburb to you. I mean, <laughs> back in the Washington Monument days when they were building it, it would have been considered a suburb. Yes. Um, so it will be interesting to see. I'll, I'll keep my eye out for nymphs. Can you see them? Or are they just like microscopic? I mean, they're they're tiny. You have to like look at them. There were some photos that like D.C. has had of like a zoom inside of like a, like a tree branch. Okay. And they said that they, they fare the best in like like not like big tree branches, but like the little branches that are like a pencil in diameter. The mom and papa cicadas have like cut it open basically and like laid the eggs inside. God, they were so busy. Yeah, totally. And they say that um, if you find, if you want to help the cicadas out, if you see any like dead tree branches that look like they may have just sort of fallen, um, move them into a moister area and don't, or, or just don't disturb it at all and kind of like let nature happen. But um, yeah, it's a little bit of a numbers game. Yeah, they're saying that you know you're. <laughs> These these 
little cicada nymphs are about to fall from the sky. Little baby nymphs. That's cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you see, you thought the cicada fun was over. It's going to be happening end of July through August is when they finally mature and make their descent back into the ground for the next 17 years. 2038 is the next time we're going to see them. That freaks me out. I don't want to even try to do the math of how old I am. We'll be. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Let it happen. Just let it happen. Yep. In theory, too, you'll be able to go back and listen to this podcast in 2038. Because <laughs> the internet is forever. So you might want to go ahead now and subscribe. Just make sure you're ready. And give us a five-star review, please. I mean, how else would you learn about free Britney and nymphs in the same place? <laughs> in different contexts. Yes. All happening in D.C., though. That's the common thread. Yes. We'll see you next time.